What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. On this week's Apathetic Enthusiasm, we talk about tidying up. We talk about some shorter-term resolutions. We talk about a lot of Netflix shows. We talk about you. We talk about some Firefest documentaries. Uh, and then, of course, we talk about D&D noobs because that's what we care about the most right now is D&D. Settle in. It's time for Apathetic Enthusiasm. everybody i'm travis hey everybody i'm brandon welcome to apathetic enthusiasm the show where brandon and i talk about things brandon and i want to talk about that's right it's getting it's getting more and more difficult as the as the episodes go by to describe to people uh hey what what is your podcast about what is like two brothers (laughs) that are not actually brothers great question guys talk about things Ask more questions, uh, why don't you? We really need to put forth the effort to get guests on this show. I think that could take this podcast to the next level. Um, Higher level. We just, we just haven't done it yet. Uh, but <laughs> thank you to you that is listening. If, if you are a convert from Submitted for Your Approval uh, or from International RSS, we are happy you're here. This is the podcast where Brandon and I sit back and talk about the things that are consuming our waking minds uh, that don't involve day-to-day work or family life, sometimes a little family life, uh, but mostly the pop culture things that we're into at the moment. Uh, how has your two weeks been, Brandon? My two weeks has been quite, quite good. I would say quite good. Uh, my my aunt's in the hospital, and she might die in the next couple weeks or a couple months, so that's good. <sighs> Uh, that got dark try, fast, try. Brandon. We haven't we haven't even done the social media stuff yet. Oh, okay. Well, hey, if you want to see how my aunt's doing, you can follow us in a few different ways. First, go to uh, Instagram, uh, Graham Apathetic <laughs> underscore enthusiasm. Of course, you can hit us up on Twitter at apathusiast, Facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show. Hit us up on our website, apatheticenthusiasm.com. Or, you know, if you're interested in donating money to my my aunt. Uh, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Rick and Morty pod. Uh, I really feel bad for laughing, but, and I hope your aunt is okay, 
but yeah, she's um, she's she's fine. She's okay. She's fine. Oh, I, I love her. Oh. I love her, and uh, I wish her nothing but the best. Um, Thoughts and prayers to you, Auntie. Thank Because uh, those will certainly help. Yes. You. Yeah. Positive. Um, positive vibes. Positive vibes. Vibes. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Is there anything else you want to say about your aunt? Are you sure you're doing okay? Yeah. No. No. My, my aunt. My aunt. My aunt's. She, she's. She's there. She's live and kicking. She's okay. wonderful. She's wonderful. All I right. love her. Uh, you know, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go visit California again soon. Yeah, I would love to go to California because it's literally snowing outside right now and uh it's freezing in my poorly insulated office but that won't stop me from doing a podcast uh and and one of the things that uh i thought we could talk about first off is this new netflix craze that is sweeping the nation sweep sweep uh it's you know january is a time of resolutions and we did all this on that last episode but <laughs> Uh, one of the big shows that has been really popular on Netflix uh, in the in this first part of the year is Tidying Up. How are you, are you familiar with this show? Have you come across it? Have you watched even a single second of the show, Brandon? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no. I have no idea what, you, what you're talking about. Hey, okay, okay, okay real, real quick. No, no, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask this after you're done. But remind me to ask you this after you're done talking about this show. Okay. Okay. So remind me, uh, Travis. I will. When you're I done, probably rambling probably on. Not remind you about your show. Okay. Remind me. Go ahead. Okay. And I, I want to say that <laughs> I haven't watched much of this show, like myself, but my wife watched the whole like season in like a day, and it's it is one of those like typical sort of like how to make your home better type shows i would expect to see it if it wasn't a streaming show on like uh hgtv sort of network or something like that but um the show is hosted by marie kondo she is from uh, japan she's japanese oh. and uh it is based around her book the life-changing magic of tidying up the japanese art of decluttering and organizing um and, and and essentially what it is is her process for um, keeping her house tidy and getting rid of a lot of excess things that are in our homes that we don't need or that uh, – and it's all focused around this this concept that everything in your house that you have should spark joy in your life. And so if, some, if you hold something and it doesn't, like, make you super happy, then you probably don't actually need it in your house. So the internet went crazy for this, and suddenly – like housewives all over the country are, you know, flooding into goodwill and donating everything they own. Um, how this manifested for me in my house is my wife binge watched all like 12 episodes or whatever. And then I came home and her side of the closet for the first time ever was cleaner than my side of our walk-in closet Whoa. and i was like what is happening what is going on that's crazy um that's great yeah that's that's, that's that's crazy that's crazy that's because because <laughs> uh because we we often say between you me and chelsea and sheena uh basically you are you're the chelsea uh <laughs> as far as yeah. cleanliness goes and and i'm and i'm the sheena Sure, that is that is that is a definite. Yeah, um, as we and, so often and, say, we've said it. Yeah, so we say that like all the time. We were just saying that earlier. 
yeah. And so, <laughs> like, her whole process breaks down. It, like, starts with clothing in your house where you're supposed to bring all the clothing that you own and put it, like, in one place so you can actually see all the clothing that you have and get a sense for how much clothing you actually have in your house. Yeah. And then one by one, you just start sorting through it to find those those pieces that spark joy. And then you put them back in an organized manner in your house. And then you move on to like books in your house and papers and then other miscellaneous objects, like things in your garage or kitchen, things like that. Um, and then finally she talks about sentimental items and and how to tidy up those things. And then she, she gives you a bunch of practical ideas of like how to fold things, how to store things so that you can see everything at a glance and, and have a much better um, sense of like what you have and and what what's available to you mm-hmm. and 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 the entire concept behind it is that it is supposed to make your life better because now you're not struggling with all this clutter and trying to like you know sort through all this stuff but you know where everything is you know what you have and so it can simplify your life um but yeah i like this has i know many people who have who have done this over the last you know, three or four weeks. Uh, some thrift stores are like, obviously thrift stores are like the greatest benefactors of this, right? Because all of a sudden people all over the country are donating, you know, tons of stuff. I had, I, I gave away two trash bags of clothes uh, tonight, actually. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, and, and, and I will say like Wait, my so, closet. Like, so so you, you heard it here, everybody. If you're looking for a genuine piece of Travis merchandise, <laughs> you can find find yourself at the Omaha Goodwill. Yeah, yeah. Make sure to stop on by and get uh, a bunch of old Loot Crate t-shirts that I no longer <laughs> want to store in my closet. So many to get rid of those. <laughs> many, many of them never worn. Uh, so yeah, it's... um, But I... I haven't gone like full Marie Kondo. I haven't like gone and swept through my whole house. My wife has done a lot more of that and um, gone to some other areas, especially like kids toys and stuff like that. But um, how do you, how do you feel in general about this concept of like tidying up? Like, does it, do you think like, cause I know that we are pretty opposite on this to begin with, but like my shelf, I like how ha- your shelf, my shelf. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's strictly for video viewers. Thank you. Thank you for supporting, supporting the podcast. Uh, but yeah, like, do you feel like if you did something like this, it would have any impact on you or are you just like, eh, whatever I, w- my stuff would be organized and then cool, whatever, like move on with my life. Oh, uh, uh, it would, it would require me to, to stick with it for, you know, three weeks, a month, and and I, yeah. I I've proven myself that I can do things that I'm uncomfortable with for <laughs> at least a month at a time. You know, like my my foray into pescatarianism, pescatarianism, <laughs> pescatarianism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um. So I you know I can I can I can do it. It's the it's the sense that that's I I I'm I'm gonna say that's not who I am. Um, but that's that not necessarily that's I think it's a cop out because I know that's not who I have to be. If I wanted to stick with right. it, I, I could. Uh, but do I want to stick with it? That would be that's, that's the real question. Like I would like to go back to eating uh far less red meat and chicken and going back to to fish and uh getting away from from meat again. Uh 
but will I? Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe like once a month I'll I'll do it. But oh, and, and don't get me wrong, like I fully expect to see piles of my wife's clean laundry, like somewhere in my bedroom in the next couple of months. Like I I expect that to happen. Now I will give her absolute credit. Like she did her laundry this weekend, washed it, dried it, took it immediately out of the dryer, folded it, and put it away. Like like right away which is one of the distinct characteristical like differences between her and i is like i always immediately (laughs) put my clothes away and she's like she'll get to them maybe if maybe she'll she'll put them away but like i uh i uh Okay, uh, for for our video, or well, for view, uh, video viewers, you know exactly what's happening. There's a head poking <laughs> in to the room, uh, and that's that's my wife Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Say hi from a distance. Ask her: Is she tidying up right now? Is she are you, Marie Kondoing? Are you tidying up right now? She's a, she's a woman. She's always tidying <laughs> up. Don't put genders on this. Uh, Sheena doesn't. I I, I unpack my about. suitcase when I go to the hotel. Just making sure everything's wonderful for a man. That's what that's what she's doing. Thanks, Chelsea. I taught her well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell him I said hi too. Um. So, so I, I guess what I guess what I'm trying to get at with this whole thing is like, uh, I think this whole time, like, I, when I walk into my closet now, mm-hmm. I get it. Like I get like everything is in its place, like everything's organized and this isn't far from my personality to begin with. I've, I've always been more of the like, I like to have things organized. Usually I'm just too lazy to do it. But I think if you have less stuff in general, I think it makes it easier to organize anyway. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. But, you know, I like having a lot of I like having a lot of stuff. And you know it's it's like little it's like little treasures when you are going through a box and you say, "Oh, I haven't seen this in six years," and you're like, oh, "Let me put that back in a box." So <laughs> so I can have that same feeling six years from now when I open it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Sure, there's a little bit of frustration when you're looking for something. You're like, "Which which box of dozens was that in?" Uh, when. And so I haven't I haven't watched the whole show, but I I like would catch like bits and pieces as Sheena's watching it. And one of the segments that like hit me super hard was when she talked about uh, getting all of your like random like cords and like cables and like random electronic bits and pulling those all together because I have no less than three like plastic (laughs) target bags in different locations in my home that have just random cables, random like USB configurations, all kinds of stuff. And mind you, when Sheena's like, Oh, we need to plug in this digital camera that we haven't seen in six years. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, hold on a second. (laughs) And then like, I come back 10 minutes later and I have it like, it would be nice to have those all organized like by kind or by like in like a nice little area. It's, it's, I think it's, I think it's all about doing the work up front. Like I, I spent almost a full day working on my closet and are there other things I could have spent time that time doing? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Uh, But hopefully (laughs) my 
my closet now will will spark joy in my life when I when I know you know which shirts to to choose from. Uh, but it it is interesting. I I am really curious uh, for the listeners, like if anybody else has has attempted this process or attempted to do this, or or if somebody does it who doesn't know about this would is interested now in trying it and like maybe interested in trying to like tidy up their house or um you know organize things because i i do carry around a lot of stuff like that those i have plenty of those things where like half the shirts i got rid of were those shirts that i haven't worn in six years that are just like well but it's got the name of that pizza joint that i went to (laughs) when i was a teenager that i used to love so much they had that. Ah, they, just, they, they had that the the special kind of pepperoni. They cut it to like an eighth of an inch instead of you know the usual sixteenth of an inch. No, these were the pepperoni that curled into little bowls mm, mm. when it was cooked, and it just held that little like pool of grease yes. in each little pepperoni. Ah, so delicious. Ah, uh, magnifico. Uh, <laughs> Ah, that's a good pizza. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. I I would be curious to hear if anybody is interested in doing this or if they have tried it, what their experiences with it, or like, especially if you're in a house where maybe your significant other is, is trying to do this and you are not participating, um, what that dynamics like, because I mean, it's, you know, like we're, we're, we're pretty good teammates in in this house when it comes to things. So I support her efforts in doing this, but, uh, I have not been fully on board because uh, I got, I'm still on step one. I have lots of steps to 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 continue on to in tidying. Yeah, um, yeah. But but you you did have a question, Brandon. I did, and I am reminding you now. Thank thank you. Uh, thank you for so. Thank you for your thank you for you thank you for the the kind reminder. The reminder was uh, to remind me that last year we released an episode talking about mid year resolutions. Yeah. And and not to and not to stick with just the New Year resolutions. What do you yeah. what do you think? Uh, I, I I mentioned it uh, with my pescatarian thing. You're talking about it with tidy up. Uh, I know a, a coworker of mine is doing a month without caffeine. Another is doing a month without alcohol. What do you what do you what do you think about the like the even shorter term resolutions? Uh well, I I think that it is. I think it's beneficial. I think any sort of positive life change that you attempt in your life is really, um, it can be really useful. Um, not to like go super, uh, like Sam. religious or anything, but like the, the church that I attend is going through a series right now, all about habits. habits. Right. And, and so it's, I, wa- it's I watched, like, I watched part of it. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, but it's, it's really, it's really interesting because um, it, it's based on a lot of different like books, like Atomic Habits, and um, a lot of great uh, authors have 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 dealt with this topic. And it's the habits are not always like about like the one particular thing, like the one trigger that you're trying to do, but it's a whole system in your life, right? So, like if you're trying to give up caffeine for a month, well, maybe your intent isn't to give up caffeine altogether forever but maybe like you need to build a new system in your life that that isn't as dependent on caffeine all the time and so so maybe like going cold turkey for a month on like getting rid of caffeine that is that is like a really 
big leap. I know it would be for me. Um, but, and, and I, I've, I currently am trying to make like little adjustments, um, t- like creating small habits that I'm hoping that if I continue to do them, uh, you know, and, and develop that like trigger of like, oh, okay. In the morning I'm starting to do like pushups, like every morning, uh, as part of my morning routine, just to, just to try and like reinforce a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. and exercise as part of my morning. And that started out with just like, all right, just do 10 pushups after I brush my teeth or after I get out of the shower, whatever, whatever that thing I'm trying to link it to. And like, it's not a lot. That's not a lot of pushups. That's not the most pushups I could do, but it's <laughs> I, I just, hope, I hope not. <laughs> I, I, we'd have bigger problems if that was the case, but, uh, but it's just, it's like, a, it's, it's adding that reminder into the system of my morning routine, which, and then now I'm like used to that a little bit more. I've only been doing it for like a week and a half, but I think if I continue to do that and then I can start building on that part of the habit where instead of, you know, maybe I, I do more of a workout or I, you know, other things adjust around that, but it's, it's, it's adding that to make it something that I do on a regular basis. Um, so I don't, and, and really if that's what works for you, great. If, if doing that like hard major life change for like a month is what you need to prove, like you can do something, maybe that's what works too. Like we, I, I think we talked about when you were doing the pescatarian thing that, I was going to try doing intermittent fasting. Yeah. And that's right. I, I still kind of do, but like the effects are not as beneficial. Um, I, I did lose weight, um, but I, I'm not continuing to lose weight. And I think part <laughs> of the reason is I make up for the time when I don't eat in the hours that I do eat. And so what I need to do is if I'm going to continue this is also be mindful in the hours that I am eating what I'm eating and not have four brownies because they're (laughs) delicious. Not always have the ice cream when the kids are having ice cream, but you know, like make all the choices that benefit me and not just make some good choices. I'm not going to eat till 11, but when I, when it hits 11, (laughs) watch out. I am, I hitting the buffet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, for, for me, it's all a matter of, uh, showing that I am showing myself like willpower, Brandon, you can do it. And, and so just like hiking, it becomes a personal challenge rather than any kind of other challenge and, and and to me like it's it's a it's a weird form of of instant gratification where going cold turkey and then being the stick with being cold turkey because you're stubborn uh is is a an instantly being like i'm doing this oh yeah i'm so good at it um rather than like oh i'm just incrementally changing things about how i process a, a daily routine you know right and i think i think that ties more to like where the payoff is right yeah, like right, right, right. because if it's i don't know if it's something like smoking or let's say like um like i i don't think you necessarily want to like intermittently wean off smoking maybe maybe that would work for for, for some folks but like 
Um, to me, I, I see like the, the payoff for that, just quitting smoking period, like is still a long-term like effect most likely. Like, yeah, you're going to have some short-term effects like that are going to be beneficial right away, but the like long-term like lung disease or cancer or things like that, those don't usually manifest like after the first cigarette. You know, that's, that's something that's a long-term effect from a habit. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And, and, and even like with weight loss, right? Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna immediately cut, you know, and get to your goal weight because you skip donuts, you know, for a week. But I mean, maybe you will, it depends on your goals. <laughs> um, but again, that's something that you have to, you have to continue to, to do, to see, you know, the eventual benefit of it. But I, I get what you're saying. Like doing that cold Turkey thing right away, like immediately puts your mindset like, okay, like this is something I'm focused on. And, and for you, if that's, if that's like the challenge that you need to, to do that, like I, yeah, I, I can see why that's how that would be a motivator. Don't, but yeah. it, it's, it's, it's the, the John Locke syndrome. That's what, that's what I'm well, Nobody tells me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, you're going on a walkabout. That's what you're doing. <laughs> going on a walkabout. But like for me, like when I wanted to run like the half marathon in Oklahoma, yeah, I didn't. I didn't just be like, all right, I'm signing up tomorrow. I'm running 13.1 miles. <laughs> like I had to build up to that to be successful at it. And I I had a group of people that I was running with. And some people like didn't make it to every training and didn't weren't always there for, for building up to the runs, but they still showed up on race day. And they I think slow. I probably, <laughs> I probably had more fun like in yeah. the actual race. Cause I was more prepared for it, but I, it's just one of those things that I had, I had built that amount of running into more of a routine. So then when it came to the actual day of doing it, it was less of a stretch and less of like a, a jarring change for me. Yeah, I got I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, all right. Well, that that's all I wanted to talk about 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 short term, shorter term resolutions instead shorter of instead of mid year or even uh, yearly. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I want to uh, you know you you going back to on the on the on the Netflix uh, side of the house and and uh, actually even beyond even beyond Netflix. Oh, you know what? You, oh, you. All right. Let's go back. Let's go back to this. You have something on Netflix. You on Netflix. You oh, yeah. Something. I mean, as we're as we're talking about things that we could cover on this episode, uh, I, I realized that I've watched uh, the first season of a show called You. Uh, it's the only season right now on, on Netflix. Oh, it's a uh, show. A, yeah, it's a show. So I think it's like 10, 10 episodes, something like that. Okay. Uh, and. It was a recommendation from my mom, so just Aww. that's out there. Um, and and the premise is it is a bookstore manager who uh, meets a young lady in his bookstore and suddenly becomes consumed with her and obsessing over her and stalks her and finds ways to inject himself into her life. Uh, and then things go awry. As his attempts to control the situation uh, sort of get out of control, so uh, he ends up killing people and hmm. uh, imprisoning people, and he's incredibly manipulative. And it's 
it's a it's an interesting show but like it's like super creepy and he's like stalking her while he's still with her and all this stuff so uh interesting but weird and you get to learn more about his his past and and things that are going on yeah uh she sheena loved it uh i mean i i thought it was okay uh but that's my that's my two minute review on you on netflix um it's 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 not bad uh it is certainly a show that um highlights some of the ways that our lives online can make us easily uh susceptible to Mm -hmm. um uh you know other outside influences and uh to be i i guess careful about the things you post because uh, if someone was was interested in it, they could they could gather a lot of information very quickly about you. Uh, did I tell you? Uh, and I don't know if I brought it up on 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 here, but did I tell you I I watched Searching? Oh no, no, you didn't. Yeah, tell me. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I I watched it while I was on a plane to London, Gatwick, um, and. It was it was really good, uh, and as, yeah. as as you said on the show, it's not something you'd want to see done a lot of uh, because it's really kind of a a, a really super nichey type type. Yeah, like film. a really experimental sort of way to to produce a film, I'd say. Yeah, uh, but uh, it was it was it was very 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 good, and uh, I do recommend it. Good. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for the follow up review on it. <laughs> um, okay. What have you been watching, Brandon? Here, I watched uh, I watched a, a few things uh, with with the old the old wifey. Uh, we watched uh, we watched a, a Monty Python kind of series where they talk about they bring on com- comedians and they talk about their famous Monty Python sketches. That's okay, oh, slow down. Is this on Netflix? It is. What's it called? Uh, I don't remember. Dang it. Okay, I wasn't uh, the one who. But pressed I play. will I will watch the hell out of it because <laughs> if you go way back to when we tried to uh, identify what our comedic styles were yeah. based on film genres, look at that. Uh, mine mine was right there. We're, so, we're to the yeah. we're, to, we're to the point in this in, the, in our friendship in this podcast where we do callbacks to episodes that no one will ever <laughs> listen to. Um, yeah. Uh, so so other than that, uh, we we watched. Uh, Chelsea started watching this documentary on Hulu called uh, Fire Fraud, which is is this about the Firefest uh, or whatever? Like the um, what's the yeah, yeah the the dude the promoter that had that totally like busted down. I should just let you describe it. <laughs> uh, well, so so while I was working on my son's cardboard cut out the project for a school making him an exosuit. i hate that you're just washing over that topic uh, but go ahead wa- making him an exosuit out of cardboard uh chelsea started watching this documentary and it, it's it's really it's really interesting because it's about firefest and for those of you listening who don't know what firefest is it was this uh it was this concert this kind of music festival that the promoters were trying to uh, put together in an island private i use that in quotes private island in the bahamas and um it they were selling tickets for exorbitant prices like 250,000 uh people like putting like 30,000 dollars on like those those electronic bracelets the rfid mm-hmm, bracelets mm-hmm. uh and and all these and all these kids uh i'll say kids you know 20s to 30s who rich rich folks 
getting down to this island for this festival and it turning into just a complete disaster. Uh, and it tells the story leading up to, up to the festival, starting with the guy who actually is the, like the main promoter. There's Ja Rule, who, who's the, the visionary. But I think, I can't remember what his name is, Billy something. But who is a complete fraudster is a compulsive liar. Everyone in the, the documentaries, they're like, oh, he's just so charismatic. But when you watch videos of him, he just looks so awkward in everything he's doing. Anyway, hmm. uh, pretty much everyone was like... He's got those, those high proficiencies on uh, those charisma roles. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, we're not there yet, man. <laughs> uh, it, and so it, 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 the Hulu one talks about... Um, it goes more into like his backstory and he, he built a company called Magnesis, which I was like, Oh, what's, what was the big deal about it? Well, it was a company that made designer metal credit cards. And, um, if you, if you had just told me the company name Magnesis, <laughs> I would have landed somewhere between condom manufacturer and like, uh, like maybe like decongestant or like <laughs> diarrhea di- diarrhea medicine something like that's, that that's that's basically what it was Matt, <laughs> uh, what you know you these 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 kids would would get these cards right and basically the whole the whole idea of the company was hey join this exclusive club where we have metal cards but it wasn't really it was just a status symbol thing right um, yeah yeah so uh that billy dude uh, ja Rule, they got these social media influencers on, on Instagram to come down to this island, uh, take a bunch of video, take a bunch of, of uh, footage, and, and promote the hell out of this thing. And uh, Kylie Jenner, she posted a video <laughs> where she's like, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. see you at Firefest. And, and it blew up from there. And everyone's like, oh, this could be something super special. The documentary is just all about how it was just a a gigantic fraud. Um, now, uh, now uh, the question I have though, and yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched this doc, but was it? Did they go into it like intentionally, intentionally being fraudulent about it, or was it like poor management where they intended for it to be this really great festival, and then it was just poorly managed, and it ended up being a huge flop. Uh, a little bit of everything. <laughs> little column A, little column B. Uh, the, the, the Hulu doc goes, and I keep saying the Hulu doc because I'll, I'll get to that in a second. The Hulu doc goes more into how Billy McFarlane, I think that's his last name, uh, would would fudge numbers and say he has this act and, and I've we've secured this act for the festival and this act for the festival. Uh, and then it sh- talks to a lawyer guy and he's like, I know those acts. And so I called him up and I said, hey, have you been paid for this yet? And they're like, paid for it? We haven't seen a dime from, from all this stuff. Um, and <laughs> to just to spoiler alert, uh, Billy McFarlane, he's, he's in jail right now for a multitude of, of fraud and uh, conspiracy to commit all that type of stuff. Um, now... This uh, this documentary has Billy McFarland on it. Uh, he's doing a bunch of interviews, and Hulu paid him for for the interviews, which I feel kind of gross about. But 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is, it is what it is. <laughs> on the other side of the coin, over on Netflix is another Firefest documentary. It came out a couple days later, and uh, it is basically the same story told with slightly different people and has more B-roll footage from like those, those initial uh, influencer videos. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about the Netflix documentary, and I won't get into the, the, the meat of it because it is pretty much the exact same thing as the, the Hulu doc, is that it was produced by Vice, the, the news folks. And Vice also, News or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And also the social media company that was in charge of all the, the initial Firefest stuff. So th- those guys did all this kind of misleading um, social media marketing, and then they used their B-roll footage to tell the story about how they had nothing to do. To sell the story about how poorly they like <laughs> misled all these other poor yeah. saps that spent all their money on this awful festival yeah yeah uh i saw a twitter thread and it, it was just it was saying i i'm watching the the documentary on netflix and within five minutes you see at least four different folks who are like heads of i think the company is called fuck jerry media or something like that mm-hmm. uh and they're all like they're all higher ups in that company but they're not listed as producers of the documentary um so she's like Okay, great. Well, uh, but uh, they they are both still good documentaries in the end. I do recommend it. Yeah. And the, the key is that you're watching a bunch of rich kids get their comeuppance. <laughs> uh, you know, you like feel good about it a little bit. You're like, well, of course, these these assholes. And and it's weird feeling elitist for being poor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, <laughs> but. <laughs> That's ah the tables have turned. <laughs> oh, the tables have turned. You know they 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 get down to the this island, and there's there's not enough tents for everybody, and there's a free for all, and people paid like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for like private villas on the on the beach, and there there were no private villas. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it, it's it's crazy to see how much of a disaster it is. Uh, and then they all left the island as fast as they could, leaving the uh, ba- Bahamians, uh, the folks who live in the Bahamas, uh, mm-hmm. with no money. Like they didn't, they didn't pay them. They didn't have any money to pay them. So they just had this festival and then just left it. Um, mm. So if you look at the news, there's a there's a GoFundMe for one of the um, uh, a lady from the Bahamas who basically gave had to pay $50,000 out of her own pocket to pay her workers. Whoa. So, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, like, cause I, yeah, I'm sure they had like catering companies or something like come out and then they just shafted them too. Huh? Yeah. That is awful. Yeah. I, I would be very interested. I saw, I saw like a trailer. I think it was for the, the Hulu documentary. Um, but yeah, I'd be really interested in watching that and sort of see how that all shook out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. And look at look at you watching documentaries. And look it's at, awesome. And look at you watching things with people getting killed. Yeah, there was there was there was some definite murdery type stuff. Uh, it was funny because in 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 you, uh, Sheena kept being like, "It feels really a lot like Dexter," and I was like, "You never watched Dexter." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, but like if I had to imagine what that show was like, I 
I feel like it would be like this. <laughs> so if you want to show that my wife imagines is similar to Dexter, <laughs> <laughs> all right, go well, watch you on that. Good, good, good to know. Good to know. I'll, I'll, I'll tear that up. Uh, yeah, you can, you can definitely tell her all the places where she's wrong on that one. <laughs> uh, the, the last little bit of of discussion we have today is a little section we call D&D Noobs. Oh, nice. Custom sound effects. You're like one of those old-timey radio guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing Foley art now for the podcast. So uh, uh, let's just uh, walk into this next room over here. It's thundering in and there. And head up these stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that picked up on the mic, but anyway, yeah, D and D noobs. Um, from the last time that we talked on yeah. the podcast, well, so much stuff, so much stuff has happened. So, so many things have happened. I, uh, Brandon, Brandon DM'd a one shot. No, even bef- even before that. So, so the last time we talked was right after. Uh, no, it wasn't even right. At, like we didn't even talk about the end of your campaign. Oh, okay, yeah, because I think we recorded on a Saturday, and then we did the last. Uh, session of my campaign the following day the the grand uh conclusion of the lost minds of Fandolin from the D starter set uh where you guys found the forge of spells uh-huh. uh you you met uh what was it it's, it's not a beholder it's uh it's a smaller a wraith one. no that oh. well you, you guys did meet a wraith okay. you guys you guys met uh a ghost type guy and then uh, uh, it, it's a spectator, I, spectator. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and uh, through an act of sheer uh, anarchy, uh, you decided to grab a sword last minute off of a shelf. Let's not say that. <laughs> pure, pure anarchy. Um, uh, and uh, which, which, which caused a fight to uh, in, ensue with, with, uh the spectator and sadly uh your character healy dan ended up dying yes in the forge of spells from a critical uh, one death saving throw yeah uh and 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 then they ended up uh your your companions uh boac dorfman and uh lucas lucius no lucius uh nivik yeah. Um. They they returned. They they reported back to that wraith. Let them know that the spectator was dead. He wandered off with some magical pipe, and uh, <laughs> and that was pretty much the end of of that campaign. Uh. Which our our plan all along, all along in the last few months, was when we reached the end of the starter set campaign, we were going to take a quick break. And give Brandon the opportunity to DM a one shot, uh, just so he can kind of see what it's like on that side of the screen. And then also John, who's played Beowack, if you've listened to any of the recordings uh, of her D and D campaigns, he he is getting ready now to DM his own one shot. But why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the one shot that you just walked us through over the last two weeks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. By the way, if you if you want to hear the actual uh, actual part one of the one shot that I did, we have that released on the feed. So if this is the first episode you're ever listening to, good news, go back one episode and you'll hear that 
and and if you accidentally started listening to the other one and you're like what the heck is this now you know what that was now you know now you know if you don't know well now you know um so uh, yeah as as we're as we're winding up the the lost minds of fan delver we were like okay well why don't we why don't we give a chance for other folks to one to to dm get some dm experience without having to do like a major major campaign right and also give you a chance travis to play as a a character yeah i had, so, I had not had that opportunity uh and uh so i'll, I'll ask you about that here in a, in a here in a second but uh the first thing i did was say oh like oh maybe i'll write my own story and i had an idea going into it and i said you know what why don't i find something that exists currently see what it looks like see what, kind of what the format is and um, you know, not try to recreate the wheel for for my first one shot, and I found one called uh, Wild Sheep Chase, and the uh, I won't give too much away, uh, but it's basically uh, a sheep comes bounding towards the heroes. Turns out the sheep is not a sheep, but a polymorphed wizard who needs help, uh, going back into his his human or or should I say elven form. Uh and that's that's really what the the one shot is 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 about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Travis, John, Kevin are are regulars. Gron Wizzlewum is, is John's character. Wizzlewum needle thumb. And and Farron. Uh Farron Gillydark, the the hot but she doesn't know it. <laughs> what elf druid? I think she knows it. I, I get I get the feeling she knows she it. has to, she has to know it. Uh, I'm trying to think of the actress who I picture when I think of Farron Tilda Swinton <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Uh, it's a Game of Thrones actress. Uh, she is the uh, like princess that married Joffrey. Oh, San- from... Sansa. No, oh, no, no. no. Uh, um, from the those flowery aisles or whatever. I re- I really need to rewatch the series before the last season comes out. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I don't know her name or the actress's name. Uh, anyway, that's who I picture with like a like a maybe like an undercut on one side. So she, yeah. So she probably does know it. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so I I played a uh, a wood elf druid. Uh, which was really, really fun. Uh, I I discovered some really OP spells towards the end well, there. Well, uh, well, well here, here's here's what I want to ask. Okay. Okay. Uh, because I want to I want to talk about the difference from being a player versus a DM. And sure. um, so I will, uh, I'll I'll put the question to you first, right? Because I was a player right. first, then I was a DM second. You were a DM first, and then a player second. So in in your head. What was the, I mean, other than control, what was the biggest difference for you uh, switching, switching roles? Uh, there is, there, I mean, control is a, is a big part of it, I think. But for me, I didn't look at being a DM as being in control, but more of just managing progress and and directing providing an environment for you for you guys to interact in right so if when you guys are really interested in a particular thing 
I did my best within the confines of the the campaign that I was given and trying to trying to hold true to mm-hmm. to let you guys experience that as much as possible. And we've talked about, you know, you guys being in the red brand hideout and trying to feed chicken to this Nothic and things like that, <laughs> like running with things yeah. that are definitely not in the book. But uh, so I feel like there's a lot of uh, there's a requirement for improvisation as a DM, but it's less of, Obviously, there's there's role playing improvisation, but also improvising in how you manipulate the players towards a certain effect or towards a certain situation, but also how you manipulate the game or the session to accommodate for what the players are doing or what they're interested in. Um, And sometimes they make a choice that you weren't expecting or they they maybe get into a combat that lasts way longer than you thought, or it's way shorter than you expected. And then you have to adjust based on those things. Well, so, well, what, what, what's it, what's it like as a player then, uh, in, in Brandon's world. <laughs> so at, I realized within a few hours of playing Farron that I, I didn't have to be concerned about the world or or what consisted of it in it necessarily. I I was trying to get as much detail as possible from you to shape my understanding of it. But then it was all about how Farron would deal with that situation. So obviously I'm playing with other players and I have to consider what Wizzlewum or Gron think <laughs> and, and, and act as a team in that. But... It's 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 more about my individual character and really knowing what makes her tick and and how she would approach a situation. I really tried to stay true to a personality type or a uh, sort of like a whatever her archetype or alignment. Yeah, align. Yeah, I stick with the alignment. I tried to do things throughout it that I I would picture a druid doing. So. Thankfully, this this campaign had a lot of animals or animal type creatures and nature like sort of woven through it. So I could I could I could sort of press on those for for role playing elements and, you know, have her sort of thanking the animals or like showing respect to the trees and all this stuff (laughs) to try and like really drive home that she's maybe like a little bit weird about all the nature stuff and. You know, it, it maybe makes Wizzlewum a little uncomfortable. <laughs> a little uncomfortable. I, it's not enough to to turn him off. But 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 really, like the scope and scale of my focus is smaller. I'm really focused on really making Farron feel like a real character in the story versus having a wider scope of making the environment feel like a realistic place for those characters to exist in. If that makes sense. It, I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it absolutely makes sense. Right. Cause you, all, all you have to focus on as a, as a character is who the character is. And yeah, I mean, you need to know uh, your, your rules, uh, your, your spells and, and all that jazz. Uh, but you, you know, you, you focus on interacting with the people that you're playing with at first rather than um you know like uh, who do i need to throw at these guys or what description do i need to make up on the fly for something that i didn't i didn't have in my head before yeah right i i, I definitely feel like it's a much 
more relaxed time playing as a character versus a DM. I, I feel like I'm, I'm much more focused on managing different things and thinking ahead and, and thinking back to, oh, okay, they said this, so how is that going to play out for this later? And, and having, a, having more of an idea of where the story is headed mm-hmm. impacts the decisions I would make as a DM versus as a character, I don't know what lies ahead. So I don't have to consider where we're going. Right. I just need to make, I just need to make sure I have enough spell slots when we get there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's something, uh, even though this is a one shot, you know, it's still something, you, you know, you saw me on video, you saw me taking notes here and there. Um, or maybe you didn't, I don't know, but I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, t- t- just taking little notes, just be like, okay, ah, oh, he's, he said this, this is a trigger later. If I ever do this again, they use the same characters and I can, I can go this route. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I started, I started as a player and if you ask John and I'm sure if you ask Kevin, one of the biggest things when we started was none of us had ever played D and D not, not one of no. us. And we didn't know how to role play and we didn't know how to make a character and, and to, to interact or what do we do in the world? Do we, uh, I want to do this. I think this is okay. Sure. (laughs) Um, and when it's all, I want to attack the darkness. (laughs) And when it's all theater of the mind to start off with and you're like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not used to this. Um, it's, it, just getting getting used to all that stuff but, but you know by the end of it by the end of uh healy's wonderful life you know we started we started figuring out kind of what we can do and, and how we could do it um and on the dm side of, of the house uh it's it's simultaneously so fun and also so stressful because you're managing you're basically like especially if you're an insecure person you're basically managing the entertainment level of all the people who are playing with you right and yeah, you're like i i 100 percent agree you're like, and somebody's getting bored somebody's getting bored right to, now <laughs> to to add insult to injury to to up the ante even more when you're playing with a group of three friends around a table in a, in a house or at a game store or wherever you're playing D and D. That is still true, but when you are recording it, knowing that it's going to be released on the internet for an audience, <laughs> I feel like that adds an extra level to it as well. Because I think I think the fact that we've challenged ourselves to not only have fun playing D and D as a group, but also knowing full well that we are going to package this and release it as a podcast or something like that, there there's there's an expectation that we want we want that to also be entertaining for anyone that's listening yeah as well. uh in in I'll, I'll i'll let you know i i expressed to you before that first session that i was like oh yeah we're gonna record and that makes me nervous too to, to have it be entertaining uh, but once we started i kind of forgot about that because we right. have the headphones on we're talking to each other in a microphone um as as long as i was keeping you three entertained then in my head, I was like, well, not maybe not like even at the forefront of my mind, but in the back of it, I'm like, well, probably some other people are, would be entertained by it as well. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, and, and I, I, I think that that's true or not. I, you know, TBD. Yeah. I, we've gotten some feedback on those play sessions and some people are liking it. If, if you've listened to some of them, we'd love your feedback as well. So I, I, um, I did you know, hit us up on, 
hit us up on social media or whatever with your with your thoughts. Uh, but yeah, I I do think you're right as far as having to manage the expectations and entertainment of the people that you're playing with. Uh, you you do take that burden on yourself, and so you know for 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 that first play session, we our first uh, combat encounter took like what an hour and a half, <laughs> hour, or something, hour and a half, yeah. And and that that can be really difficult, and especially it was the first time any of us were trying to do combat with these new characters, <laughs> so we're only loosely familiar with our 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 spell casting abilities or how the different turns would work with with each character. So yeah, it it took a longer time to do that. And also we're starting all these characters at level five. So it's not like (laughs) we rolled new level ones and we've been growing into that level five. It was it was a lot of things to take yeah. on and, and, and at it, once, but I think we settled into it pretty well. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm first time DM and and reading th- reading through the DM guide and the player's handbook and it reemphasizing over and over again that yes these are the rules and this is basically your framework for how to play the game, uh, but you you as the DM you have freedom to to make choices if they if they make sense uh, in the situations. And you just, you know, if you make a mistake, that's fine. Just be consistent and then fix it later. Uh, And that's just, I think that that's kind of a hard concept at first where you say, yeah, there's rules, but, you know, you can, you can uh, adjust them as as necessary. And when you're in the thick of things, in order to keep a flow going, I think that's a a skill to to have is be like, oh, yeah. it's something you develop over time as you do it. I think too, as it's a, as you, it's even like yeah, just like a, into it. like a life skill, even you know, it, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where you're just you you want to keep people entertained, so you you change you change things up a little bit, and you know people talk about fudging rules or or letting people do things that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Like John, John and I got into an argument uh, the other day about. There's a point in the combat when he, as a uh, sorcerer, builds an illusion around Farron Gillydark, and there's a there's a bear that's attack or uh, there's an orc that's attacking Farron at the time, so the wall goes up, uh, and my decision was okay. Uh, I'll have the the orc look puzzled and then just turn to his nearest target, which was Gron. Man. Um, mm-hmm. And and John told me at the time, he's like, I appreciate you doing that and letting it pan out because then Farron turned into a bear. She jumped out uh, and surprised the orc with advantage, which I gave you because John was convincing. And yes, uh, in that in, in that later conversation, the, the post show conversation with him, I said, you know, I could have the other thing I could have done in that moment was guzz the the orc had a great axe he could have been like just like in a rage and just in a fury because he's dumb and just like tried to smash through the wall to get through this bear like why is there a wall here Ah!" right which is an illusion so it would have gone right through the wall Uh, right and and i would have you know as a dm i would have had him like swing miss lose his balance be at disadvantage for next turn or whatever and John was like, that doesn't make sense. Why would an orc, why, why would he try to break a wall with an axe? 
like because it's a giant axe and he's trying to get to the dude behind it like well that doesn't make sense as a player i just think i would just think that you're metagaming it knowing that it's an invisible wall just to get him through it so you know there's different different approaches but yeah well which makes me incredibly excited to uh play through john's (laughs) attempt at dming uh and and i feel like uh we, we bring a lot of different unique things uh to this group and every person has different strengths and weaknesses one thing i feel like john is is caught on to very quickly and is doing a great job of is like management of rules and understanding of rules i feel like he's read through probably the player's handbook and the dm guide probably all the way through maybe once or twice yeah he, 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 he was has, reading he, through it again today so <laughs> he has he has a deep understanding of his character's abilities when as when playing a character obviously there's a lot more to manage as a dm but i feel like he's gonna have a, a good knowledge of those things uh going into it so i and and you know playing through over the last couple months he's he's definitely picked up a lot we all have uh but it'll be really interesting to see how that goes and how how he manages the game and what he's willing to let go versus <laughs> what he is he's adamant we stay true to so uh yeah it's it should it should be a lot of fun uh i hear uh it might be heist related which i love a good heist so yeah I'm excited don't about don't, that. don't tell him i don't tell him i said anything I don't know if it's, you're. It's, I, I don't know if you're supposed it's to. It's literally that. the name of the game he invited us to. I don't know if you're supposed to know that still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you didn't tell me anything. It's literally in the name of the. Yeah, game. Yeah. No. You're right. I didn't say anything. I didn't really say anything. Uh, <laughs> I, I. I do. I do want to give a, a shout out to the folks who did listen to the DM. Uh, my my one shot so far to uh, over on Instagram black underscore metal underscore lawyer. Uh, and he, he said, this latest one shot was great. It's one of the most enjoyable D&D podcasts I've heard. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, and that's gr- awesome. Cool. Take that. High praise. Matt, High take praise. that, Matt Mercer, and your critical role. You... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, listened to, I've been listening to some critical role lately, too. Yeah. I've been getting geared up. <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, we just recently got this one from Slack Life 92 Already listened, and I've got to say I like it a lot. As someone who has never played a D&D campaign, these playthroughs really inspire me to try and get a group together and just have a silly goose time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the thing, is, is like, if it's just, I mean, I, you, me, and John know, know each other. I'm probably closer to John than, than you are. Um, and then Kevin is, you know, I'm, Kevin's my friend from that no one's ever met before and yeah, it's just the, yeah. the, the four of us and it's it's just crazy like we just came come together and we're having a good time and it's, yeah it's, yeah and it's one of those things it's i'm so glad that we've done this i'm so glad that we continue to do this uh D has always been that one thing that had that still held a stigma to me in terms of nerd culture as something that just it was a bridge too far yeah, for too. me. Yeah, I love playing games. I love sci-fi. I love all this stuff, but I'm not. I can't play D yeah. and D. And and 
I, I would pride myself on, on always saying, well, you know what? I've never played a game of D&D, so <laughs> I got that going for me. Yeah. Uh, and here I am talking about it on podcasts and, and publishing campaign episodes and things like that. But it is a lot of fun. I, I am enjoying the heck out of it, and I am very excited uh, to continue doing this. And, and you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Maybe Maybe it becomes its own thing. Maybe it just becomes another side hustle for this podcast, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really enjoy it and hopefully uh, listeners are too. So yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. That's, that's, I mean, we could probably go another hour on D and D good because it, well, let's be honest, all of that stuff on the front half of this episode was the stuff we did between thinking about D and D over the last <laughs> two weeks. Uh, it has been at the forefront of our minds for, for quite a while and uh yeah hopefully you guys are enjoying it if you guys have any comments or or thoughts about anything that we discussed in this episode we would love to hear from you hit us up on all that social media stuff that we talked about at the top of the show uh and if you haven't done so already uh why not head over to apple podcast and give this show mm -hmm. a rating you can you can review the podcast over there and let us know what you think any rating is is appreciated five stars is is highly appreciated <laughs> Uh, but yeah, let lets us know that you're enjoying the show and lets others know uh, that they should check it out as well. So if you've done that, thank you so much, uh, Brandon. Anything else before we before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I just uh, I just want to say one more time, thank you everyone for listening. And uh, if you if you did if you did like uh, part one of the one shot, if you listen to it, uh, part two of three. Because we did four hours the other night, I was I was gonna say you should break up that second session, but you're one step ahead. Of me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, part two uh, of three is uh, probably next week released once I get a chance to edit it on this weekend. So keep an eye out for that, and also another uh, Rick and Morty podcast. Answer it for your approval. Go. Yeah, oh. We're gonna we're gonna finish up season three over on Intermental RSS or season two, season two rewatch. Uh, so we're getting down to the wire on those Rick and Morty episodes. Hopefully we get some season four news soon. Hopefully. Uh, but, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Travis. And I'm Brandon. Bye. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.